Chapter 10 of the Ramayana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valli. The Ramayana by Valmiki. Translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. Canto 43. Bhagirath. When Sagar Das had bowed to fate, the lord and commons of the state approved with ready heart and will Prince Anshuman his throne to fill. He ruled a mighty king unblamed, sire of Dilipa justly famed. To him, his child and worthy heir, the king resigned his kingdom's care, and on Himalaya's pleasant side, his task austere of penance plied. Bright as a god in clear renown, he planned to bring pure Ganga down. There, on his fruitless hope intent, twice sixteen thousand years he spent, and in the grove of hermits stayed, till bliss in heaven his rites repaid. Dilipa then, the good and great, soon as he learned his kinsman's fate, bowed down by woe with troubled mind, pondering long no cure could find. How can I bring the moun aside? To cleanse their dust the heavenly tide. How can I give them rest and save Their spirits with the offered wave? Long with this thought his bosom skilled In holy discipline was filled. A son was born Bhagirath named, Above all men for virtue famed. Dilipa many a rite ordained And thirty thousand seasons reigned. But when no hope the king could see, his kinsmen from their woe to free, the lord of men by sickness tried, obeyed the law of fate, and died. He left the kingdom to his son, and gained the heaven his deeds had won. The good Bhagirath, royal sage, had no fair son to cheer his age. He, great in glory, pure in will, longing for sons, was childless still. Then, on one wish, one thought intent, planning the heavenly stream's descent, leaving his ministers the care and burden of his state to bear, dwelling in far Gokarnahi, engaged in long austerity. With senses checked, with arms appraised, five fires around and over him blazed. Every weary month the hermit passed, breaking but once his awful fast. In winter's chill the brook his bed, in rain the clouds to screen his head. Thousands of years he thus endured, till Brahma's favour was assured. And the high lord of living things looked kindly on his sufferings. 
with trooping guards the sire came near the king who plied his task austere blessed monarch of a glorious race thy fervent rites have won my grace well hast thou wrought thine awful task some boon in return o hermit ask bhagirat rich in glory's light the hero with the arm of might thus to the lord of earth and sky raised suppliant hands and made reply if the great god his favour deigns and my long toil its fruit obtains let sagar's sons receive from me libations that they long to see let ganga with her holy wave the ashes of the hero have that so my kinsmen may ascend to heavenly bliss that never shall end and give i pray o god a son nor let my house be all undone sires of the world be this the grace bestowed upon ikshwaku's race the sire when thus the king had prayed in sweet kind words his answer made high high thy thought and wishes are bhagirath of the mighty car ikshwaku's line is blessed in thee and as thou prayest it shall be ganga whose waves in swarga flow is daughter of the lord of snow win shiva that his aid be lent to hold her in her mid-descent for earth alone can never bear those torrents hurled from upper air and none may hold her weight but he the trident wielding deity thus having said the lord supreme addressed him to the heavenly stream and then with gods and maruts went to heaven above the firmament Canto forty four The Descent of Ganga The Lord of Life the skies regained, the fervent king a year remained, with arms upraised, refusing rest, while with one toe the earth he pressed. Still as a post with sleepless eye, the air his foot, his roof the sky. The year had passed, then Uma's lord, king of creation, world adored, thus spoke to great Bhagirath, I, well pleased, thy wish will gratify, and on my head her waves shall fling, the daughter of the mountain's king. He stood upon the lofty crest that crowns the lord of snow, and bade the river of the blessed descend on earth below. Himalaya's child, adored of all, the haughty mandate heard, and her proud bosom at the call, with furious wrath was stirred. Down from her channel in the skies, with awful might she sped, with a giant's rush, in a giant's size, on Shiva's holy head. He calls me in her wrath, she cried, and all my flood shall sweep 
and whirl him in its whelming tide to hell's profoundest deep. He held the river on his head and kept her wondering where, dense as Himalaya's woods were spread the tangles of his hair. No way to earth she found, ashamed, though long and sore she strove, condemned until her pride were tamed, amid his locks to rove. There, many lengthening seasons through, the wildered river ran. Bhagirath saw it and anew his penance dire began. Then Shiva, for the hermit's sake, bade her long wanderings end, and sinking into Windu's lake, her weary waves descend. From Ganga, by the god set free, seven noble rivers came, Khladini, Pavani, and she, called Nalini by name. These rolled their lucid waves along and sought the eastern side. Suchakshu, Sita fair and strong, and Sindhu's mighty tide, these to the region of the west with joyful waters sped. The seventh, the brightest and the best, flowed where Bhagirath led. On Shiva's head, descending first, a rest the torrents found. Then, down in all their might they burst and rode along the ground on countless glittering scales the beam of rosy morning flashed where fish and dolphins through the stream fallen and falling dashed then bards who chant celestial lays and nymphs of heavenly birth flocked round upon that flow to gaze that streamed from sky and earth the gods themselves from every sphere incomparably bright born in their golden cars drew near to see the wondrous sight the cloudless sky was all aflame with the light of a hundred suns wherever the shining chariots came that bore those holy ones so flashed the air with crested snakes and fish of every hue as when the lightning's glory breaks through fields of summer blue and white foam clouds and silver spray were wildly tossed on high like swans that urge their homeward way across the autumn sky now round the river calm and clear with current strong and deep now slowly broadened to a mere or scarcely seemed to creep now over a length of sandy plain her tranquil course she held now rose her waves and sank again by refluent waves repelled so falling first on Shiva's head, thence rushing to their earthly bed, in ceaseless fall the waters streamed, and pure with holy lustre gleamed. Then every spirit, sage and bard, 
condemned to earth by sentence hard, pressed eagerly round the tide that Shiva's touch had sanctified. Then they whom heavenly doom had hurled, accursed to this lower world, touched the pure wave, and freed from sin, resought the skies, and entered in. And all the world was glad whereon the glorious water flowed and shone. For sin and stain were banished thence by the sweet river's influence. First in a car of heavenly frame, the royal saint of deathless name, Bhagirath very glorious rode, and after him fair Ganga flowed. God, sage and bard, the chief in place of spirits and the Naga race, nymph, giant, faint, in long array, sped where Bhagirath led the way. And all the hosts, the flood that swam, followed the stream that followed him. Wherever the great Bhagirath led, there ever glorious Ganga fled. The best of floods, the river's queen, whose water washed the wicked clean. It chanced that Jahnu, great and good, engaged with holy offerings, stood. The river spread her waves around, flooding his sacrificial ground. The saint in anger marked her pride, and at one draught her stream he dried. Then God and sage and bard afraid, to noble high-souled Jahnu prayed, and begged that he would kindly deem his own dear child that holy stream. Moved by their suit, he soothed their fears, and loosed her waters from his ears. Hence Ganga through the world is styled both Jahnavi and Jahnu's child. Then onward still she followed fast and reached the great sea bank at last. Thence deep below her way she made to end those rites so long delayed the monarch reached the ocean's side and still behind him ganga hide he sought the depths which open lay where sagar's sons had dug their way so leading through earth's nether caves the river's purifying waves over his kinsmen's dust the lord his funeral libation poured soon as the flood their dust bedewed their spirits gained beatitude and all in heavenly bodies dressed rose to the skies eternal rest then thus to king bhagirath said brahma when coming at the head of all his bright celestial train he saw those spirits freed from stain well done great prince of men well done thy kinsmen bliss in heaven have won the sons of saga mighty souled are with the blessed as gods enrolled 
long as the ocean's flood shall stand upon the border of the land so long shall sagar's sons remain and godlike rank in heaven retain ganga thine eldest child shall be called from thy name bhagirathi named also for her waters fell from heaven and flow through earth and hell tripataga stream of the skies because three paths she glorifies and mighty king it is given thee now to free thee and perform thy vow no longer happy prince delay drink offerings to thy kin to pay for this the holiest saga sighed but mount the boon he sought denied then anshuman dear prince although no brighter name the world could show strove long the heavenly flood to gain to visit earth but strove in vain nor was she by the sage's peer blessed with all virtues most austere thy sire dilipa hither brought though with fierce prayers the boon he sought but thou o king earned success and won high fame which god will bless through thee o victor of thy foes on earth this heavenly ganga flows and thou hast gained the meat divine that awaits on virtue such as thine now in her ever holy wave thyself o best of heroes live so shalt thou pure from every sin the blessed fruit of merit win now for thy kin who died of yore the meet libations duly pour above the heavens i now ascend depart and bless thy steps attend thus to the mighty king who broke his foeman's might lord brahma spoke and with his gods around him rose to his own heaven of blessed repose the royal sage no more delayed but the libation duly paid home to his regal city hide with water cleansed and purified there ruled he his ancestral state best of all men most fortunate and all the people joyed again in good bhagirath's gentle reign rich prosperous and blessed were they and grief and sickness fled away thus rama i at length have told how ganga came from heaven of old now for the evening passes swift i wish thee each auspicious gift this story of the flood's descent will give for its most excellent wealth purity fame length of days and to the skies its hearers rise Canto forty five The Quest of the Amrit High and more high their wonder rose as the strange story reached its close, and thus with Lakshman 
Rama best of Raghu's sons the saint addressed. Most wondrous is the tale which thou hast told of heavenly Ganga, how from realms above descending she flowed through the land and filled the sea. In thinking over what thou hast said, the night has like a moment fled, whose hours in musing have been spent upon thy words most excellent. So much, O holy sage, thy lore has charmed us with this tale of yore. Day dawned. The morning rites were done, and the victorious Raghu's son addressed the sage in words like these, rich in his long austerities. The night is past, the morn is clear. Told is the tale so good to hear. Now over that river let us go, three paths, the best of all that flow. This boat stands ready on the shore to bear the holy hermits over, who of thy coming warned in haste the barge upon the bank have placed. And Kashik's son approved his speech, and moving to the sandy beach, placed in the boat the hermit band and reached the river's further strand. On the north bank their feet they set, and greeted all the they met. On Ganga's shore they lighted down, and saw Vishada's lovely town. Thither the princess by his side, the best of holy hermits hide. It was a town exceeding fair, that might with heaven itself compare. Then, suppliant palm to palm applied, famed Rama asked his holy guide, O best of hermits, say what race of monarchs ruled this lovely place. Dear master, let my prayer prevail, for much I long to hear the tale. Moved by his words, the saintly man, Vishala's ancient tale began. List, Rama, list, with closest heed, the tale of Indra's wondrous deed. And mark me as I truly tell what here in ancient days befell. Ere Krita's famous age had fled, strong were the sense of Diti bred and Aditi's brave children too, were very mighty, good and true. The rival brothers, fierce and bold, were sons of Kashyap, lofty soul. Of sister-mothers born, they vied, brood against brood, in jealous pride. Once, as they say, band met band, and joined in awful council, planned, to live unharmed by age and time, immortal in their youthful prime. Then this was, after due debate, the counsel of the wise and great, to churn with might the milky sea, the life-bestowing drink to free. This planned, they seized the serpent king, Vasuki, for their churning string. 
and Mandar's mountain for their pole, and churned with all their heart and soul, as does a thousand seasons through. This way and that the snake they drew, biting the rocks, each tortured head, a very deadly venom shed. Thence, bursting like a mighty flame, a pestilential poison came, consuming as it onward ran, the home of God and fiend and man. Then all the suppliant gods in fear to Shankar, mighty lord, drew near. To Rudra, king of hearts, dismayed, Save us, O save us, lord, they prayed. Then Vishnu, bearing shell and maize, and disgust showed his radiant face, and thus addressed in smiling glee the trident-wielding deity. What treasure first the gods have turned from troubled ocean as the churn should, for thou art the eldest, be conferred, O best of gods, on thee. Then come, and for thy birthright's sake, this venom as thy first fruits take. He spoke and vanished from their sight. When Shiva saw their wild affright, and heard his speech by whom is born, the mighty bow of bending horn, the poisoned flood at once he quaffed, as it were the Amrit's heavenly draught. Then from the gods departing went Shiva the Lord preeminent. The host of lords and Asur still kept churning with one heart and will, but Mandar mountain, whirling round, pierced to the depths below the ground. Then gods and bards in terror flew to him who mighty Madhu slew, help of all beings, more than all, the gods on thee for aid may call, ward off, O mighty armed of fate, and bear up Manda's threatening weight. Then Vishnu, as their need was sore, the semblance of a tortoise wore, and in a bed of ocean lay the mountain on his back to stay. Then he, the soul pervading all, whose locks in radiant tresses fall, one mighty arm extended still, and grasped the summit of the hill. So ranged among the immortals, he joined in the churning of the sea. A thousand years had reached their close, when calmly from the ocean rose the gentle sage with staff and can, lord of the art of healing man. Then, as the waters foamed and boiled, as churning still the immortals toiled, of winning face and lovely frame, for sixty million fair ones came, born of the foam and water, these were aptly named Apsaras. Each had her mates. The tongue would fail, so vast the throng to count the tale. But when no god or titan wooed a wife from all that multitude, refused by all, they gave their love in common to the gods above. 
Then, from the sea, still vexed and wild, rose Sura, Varun's maiden child. A fitting match she sought to find, but Diti's sons her love declined. Their kinsmen of the rival brood to the pure maid in honour sued. Hence those who loved that name so fair, the hallowed name of Sura's bear. And Asur's are the titan crowd, her gentle flames who disallowed. Then from the foamy sea was freed Ucheshrava's, the generous steed, and Kaustuva of gems the gem, and Soma, moon god after them. At length, when many a year had fled, up floated on her lotus bed a maiden fair and tender-eyed, in the young flush of beauty's pride. She shone with pearl and golden sheen, and seals of glory stamped her queen. On each round arm glowed many a gem, on her smooth brows a diadem. Rolling in waves beneath her crown, the glory of her hair flowed down. Pearls on her neck of price and told, the lady shone like burnished gold. Queen of the gods, she leaped to land, a lotus in her perfect hand. And fondly of the lotus sprung, to lotus-bearing Vishnu clung. Her gods above and men below, as beauty's queen and fortune know. Gods, titans, and the minstrel train, still cheered and brought the troubled main. At length the prize, so madly sought, the umbrit to their sight was brought. For the rich spoil, twixt these and those, a fratricidal war arose and host against host in battle set aditi's sons and ditis met united with the giant's aid these fierce attack the titans made and wildly raged for many a day that universe astounding fray when varied arms were faint to strike and ruin threatened all alike vishnu with art's elusive aid the amrit from their sight conveyed that best of beings smote his foes who dared his deathless arm oppose yea vishnu all-pervading god beneath his feet the titans trod aditi's race the sons of light slew ditti's brood in cruel fight then town destroying indra gained his empire and in glory reigned over the three worlds with bard and sage rejoicing in his heritage canto forty six diti's hope but diti when her sons were slain Wild with a childless mother's pain, to Kashyap spake Maricha's son, her husband, O thou glorious one, dead are the children, mine no more. The mighty sons to thee I bore, 
long fervors meet i crave a boy whose arm may indra's life destroy the toil and pain my care shall be to bless my hope depends on thee give me a mighty son to slay fierce indra gracious lord i pray then glorious kashyap thus replied to thee as she wept and sighed thy prayer is heard dear saints remain pure from all spot and thou shalt gain a son whose arm shall take the life of indra in the battle strife for full a thousand years and pure free from all stain supremely pure then shall thy son and mine appear whom the three worlds shall serve with fear these words the glorious kashyap said then gently stroked his consort's head blessed her and bade a kind adieu and turned him to his rights anew soon as her lord had left her side her bosom swelled with joy and pride she sought the shade of holy boughs and there began her awful vows while yet she wrought her rites austere indra unbidden hastened near with sweet observance tending her a reverential minister wood water fire and grass he brought sweet roots and woodland fruit he sought and all her wants the thousand-eyed with never-failing care supplied with tender love and soft caress removing pain and weariness when of the thousand years ordained ten only unfulfilled remained thus to her son the thousand-eyed the goddess in her triumph cried best of the mighty there remain but ten short years of toil and pain these years of penance soon will flee and a new brother thou shalt see him for thy sake i'll nobly breed and lust of war his soul shall feed then free from care and sorrow thou shalt see the worlds before him bow End of chapter 10